Good morning, Encounter Church. We're so glad to be worshiping together on Resurrection Sunday. What could be better? Hey, listen, it's, uh, it's good to be worshiping in our brand new series. Uh, I want to start off this morning with just an acknowledgement that today is a little different than maybe what we're used to when we think about Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so this morning, we just kind of want to own that. And so I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to offer you a few simple truths that have really helped me and blessed me in my personal journey and kind of dealing with everything. And these are uh, truths to remind me and to help me get through all this that maybe you can write down and put up somewhere uh, to remind you to help you make it through as well. So simple truths for these times is that number one, COVID-19 is not a surprise to God. It does not bump him off his throne in heaven. He is still in control. Simple truth number two is that this too will pass is that we're going to make it through. We are going to do life together virtually now, and we're going to make it through that. This is going to be a memory, a distant memory at some point. We will make it through. And simple truth number three is that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay right now to admit that this is hard, that honestly this kind of stinks. It's okay to admit that. In fact, at the church here, we set up uh, a couple of hotlines, email addresses, just to help us make it through. So we set up prayer at EncounterChurch.org. We have a staff that's, uh, that's teaming up and monitoring that right now. If you want to email prayer at EncounterChurch.org, there's going to be people that are going to pray with you right now, live. And in fact, we've also set up a line, help at EncounterChurch.org, that if you need assistance, we want to be there to help walk you through it together. Help at EncounterChurch.org. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to admit that sometimes things aren't okay. And so we're going to go down a little bit even deeper into that theme and to try to identify in a spirit of doing life together, what are some of those Easter traditions that you're going to miss? That because of everything that's happening, you're just missing out on right now. Go ahead. Leave them in the comment section below. What's an Easter tradition that you're missing out on? I know what mine is. I miss seeing all of your faces. In fact, when we just started Encounter Church, we were just starting out and we were renting a school cafeteria for four hours a week. Listen, there was a lot we could put up with about like schedules and Sundays that we couldn't meet together. And so like Mother's Day, Sunday, New Year's Day, when that fell over on Sunday, listen, I can understand, you know, take it or leave it. Okay, I, I, I get not being able to meet together on those days. But Resurrection Day, but Easter Sunday, that was unthinkable. That was unconsciousable. I mean, that was, that was absolutely non-negotiable. We would gather in person on Easter Sunday. And now, of course, everything is different, isn't it? So I'm going to miss seeing you today. And in fact, also, uh, I'm going to miss hearing all of your voices. In fact, uh, Easter is one of those Sundays that people sing, I sing, of course, um, loud. In fact, everybody gathers around on Easter Sunday. Everybody almost shouts, sings it all together. It's the most beautiful thing. I mean, it's not like beautiful, but it's also beautiful in a way that, you know, only your mother and also God can love. But I, I love it too. Hearing everybody all gathered together, being crowded in. I'm going to miss that. What are you going to miss? Are you going to miss traveling to go see family, friends, maybe throwing a football around in the backyard? Bringing your world-famous dessert on the show, on the rounds, to share it with everybody? Are you going to miss dressing up or the neighborhood Easter egg hunt where all the kids are mixed in and scattering, trying to find all the eggs? 
How's this Easter going to be different? What are you going to miss this weekend? As we do that, as we go together into that place of admitting that things aren't okay, what I'd also like to offer you is some gospel resurrection hope today. Because I think also God is telling a resurrection, a powerful and a compelling story. And so what I'm also going to do is to share with you these two simple words that I think are the most important words in the English language, especially when you put them up together. And I recognize that not everybody agrees with me on that. I get it. It's okay. When you put these words up together, I think they're so incredibly important. The Harvard Business Review said they're what the words that they think are the most important. They said recognition and praise. Those are the two most important words. No doubt crucial to your own spiritual or own uh, personal development. Those are important words. I know of one psychologist who says that the most important words in the English language are act now, which I love because she writes that so often dreams and plans get stuck as just that dreams and plans and we don't take any concrete steps. So act now. Listen, those are important words. Business coaches will say that the most important words are thank you because it's so much easier to retain a customer than it is to generate a new one. I get it. Some people say, uh, freelancers and independent contractors will say that uh, have told me that the best words, the most important words to them are the simple two words, payment and close. (laughs) Truth, maybe. But for us today, On Resurrection Day, the most important words, the two most important words to us have a power to change not only world history, but also your future. That these two important, these two critical words, simple as they are, are powerful enough to turn bad news into good news, to turn mourning into dancing, to turn bones into armies, to turn seas into highways, to turn graves into gardens. Man, I love that song that we opened with earlier today. These are incredible words. The simple two words in the name of a brand new series kicking off today, but God. Two beautiful words, simple as they are. Both three letters, both one syllable, but God. These words tell stories of transformation. They tell stories of God interrupting. They tell stories of God breaking in. When things look hopeless, when things look down, when despair starts to creep in, these words speak of a new hope and a new future. And I hope you write them down. I hope you remember. I hope these two words become a rallying call, a mantra, a purpose statement for you that no matter what you're in, but God can happen at any moment. One biblical commentator in writing about the importance of these two words shared this line. He said, Martin Lloyd-Jones said, In and of themselves they contain the whole gospel of Christ. Why? Because no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've lived, no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter what failures you've been involved in, no matter what addictions you may find yourself in, there can be but There can be a but God moment that radically changes who you were and who you are. Listen, your but God moment could come a little later today. Let's go in the story in the Bible and hear just one of the instances. It's used 45 times throughout Scripture. 
those simple words, but God. So it's going to be a very long series that we're in together. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go that much in. But we're going to see some different ways of how God breaks in. When families start to fall apart, when failures and mistakes happen, when it just seems like evil in a generalized sense is winning, but God. And he interrupts and he breaks in. I think this is one of the most important ones that we're going to get to and we're going to lead off with in Acts chapter 13. So I invite you to turn with me there. Acts chapter 13. The words, of course, are going to be on the screen below me as well. Acts 13 verse 26 starts off with this. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. So we've got, first of all, in this place, in this hole some of us find ourselves in, we might think God has nothing for us here. But listen, God has something for you here. God has a message for you here. We just heard about it. Sometimes we think that God doesn't have anything for us here. He's got a message for you. Now, I'm not one of the people, I don't pretend, I don't, I don't say that I've actually heard the audible voice of God. I don't think I have. And that's okay. I've had these deep stirrings. I've had these profound convictions in my heart. I, I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I have friends. I know people, trustworthy, sound-minded people that say that they have actually heard God speak to them. And it, and it lines up and it's confirmed with what he also says in Scripture. So I tend to believe them. But you might think, well, God hasn't ever spoken to me and so he doesn't have a message for you. No, I'm telling you today, he has a message for you. Because he has a message for all of us. In a very general sense, he has a message for humanity. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. He's got a message. He's speaking to all of us right now. In a sense, you can go outside with a hot cup of coffee on a morning walk. And maybe you've done that a lot lately. I know I have. And you just walk around to the trees and the rocks, the hills. And you just like soak it all in. And you just identify and you see how, how beautiful it is. How even artistic creation is. How loving it all seems. And it all points to a beautiful, artistic, and loving God. He's speaking. He has a message for you. This is who God is. If you've got some physicist friends, they can tell you and kind of unwrap this thing in a, in a way that only they can to talk about some of the principles of creation and, and, and what it all takes for the universe to be, well, the universe. And so we're going to do that, right? We take a look at some of these things. You can start to see not only the, the placement of how, how close or how far away the earth is to the sun, a star, to keep it not to burning up and also freezing cold and it's able to support life. But, but even just like, like the really nitty gritty. You start to get into like the gravitational constants and the atomic bond that keeps matter together and just from like dissolving into nothingness. You, you take a look at the expansion of the universe and to see that it doesn't rip apart and it doesn't collapse in on itself. And the physicists will look at all this and they'll say, you know, it's almost as if there's been this cosmic welcome mat laid out to make life sustainable here on earth. And I want to say that's also God's message for you today. In a general sense, we can see that God is, is loving and artistic and beautiful. And he's also hospitable in creating all of this to give us life. He's speaking to you. He's got a message for you. But also it goes beyond just a general message. He's got a specific message for you today too. 
You look back into the Old Testament, some of you, and you say, it seems like when God wanted to, to convict somebody, if God wanted to tell somebody something, to change their ways, he would send a prophet, somebody who would speak on behalf of God to the king to, to course correct, to get them on track again. Why hasn't he done that for me? He hasn't sent anybody to me. Oh, hasn't he? How many of you are watching this because you received uh, an Easter weekend take-home kit on your porch? And isn't that a sign that someone somewhere is thinking specifically of you and needed and thought that you might need some hope here this weekend to join us? Somebody's thinking of you. God sent someone to think specifically for you. Some of you are just watching this online. You didn't think you were a church person. You didn't think you'd find yourself in church on Easter, but here you are listening in, worshiping together. And the reason why you're here, somebody shared a link, shared a video, and you clicked on it. Somebody out there was wondering if someone needed some resurrection hope today. And you were the one. You were God's one. And God sent someone specifically to you today to hear a message. A message of God's love for you. But it's so much better than that. Listen, God not only has a message for you. Listen to verse 27. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. God doesn't have just a message for you. God has a messenger for you, and his name is Jesus. That's so incredible. I love that so much. Because it's God taking an extra step further and saying, no, 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 you don't just need a message. You need a message that you can wrap your minds around, that you can understand. You don't need just a message. You need a messenger. It's a cool thing, you know. And in case you haven't heard this before, I think it's one of those things that really sets Christianity apart. Separate from world religions, separate what gurus and spiritualists are going to teach you or tell you about the way to get to God, however they understand him. The way to break out of this little, little box that we're in is to, is to say some words over and over again or to live life in just a certain way or to follow a new set of instructions or follow a new set of laws. It's like we don't need a new set of laws. We don't need a new set of instructions. We can't even keep our own laws, our own instructions. That's why the diet and fitness industries exist because we break our own laws all the time. Now, God knew you don't need just a set of rules or laws. You need a savior. You need a person. To show you the way. And that's not only God's message, that's God's messenger for you today. That you don't need to find, we don't need to find our way to God. As followers of Jesus, we believe that God found a way to us and met us here. And why is this so incredibly important? I'll tell it to you like this. A long time ago, when I was a little kid, I used to play with a neighbor kid across the street all the time. I mean, every single day, all summer long, summer after summer, we were out there playing together all the time. In fact, we became so close, almost like enmeshed, that like his family was my family, my family was his family. It was a beautiful thing, uh, you know, just having like that second family. But over time, as it happens, you kind of start to, to grow apart. And I didn't, I didn't see his family all that much. I didn't see him all that much. And then one day he showed up at Encounter Church. It was awesome. It was kind of like reunion time, right? As we kind of caught up and, you know, got together and shared some awesome stories. 
And then I met his family. He brought his dad and his mom to church and said, hey, you got to check out this place. I think you'd be interested in it. It's called Encounter Church. And I got to meet the guy that was like my second dad. And I remember as little kids, we'd roughhouse, we'd horseplay, we'd wrestle. And I remember this guy being huge. I mean, he must have been at least 10 feet tall, maybe more, right? Like, like he was like, the, he's the big guy, right? He's super tall. And I, I, I go up to this guy and I reach my hand out to like shake his hand awkwardly, you know, back when you could shake hands. And, and, I, and I just blurt out something weird like, I remember you being taller, <laughs> It's not really an appropriate thing to say. Uh, that's probably why I don't get invited out very much. That's all right, though. You know, I'm awkward because I'm like looking at this guy. And it's not like he's short. I, I realize I'm kind of tall. And he's probably six or eight inches maybe shorter than I am. But like the height difference now was starting looking down at this guy that I thought was so incredibly tall. And so like looking back on the experience now, I carry it with me to my own kids, when I'm playing around with them, when I'm roughhousing, when I'm, when I'm wrestling with them, I know now that to them, I'm huge. Regardless of how tall they're going to grow up to be or averagely heighted I am, to them, I'm massive. And so to them, I know I've got to, I've got to get down on their level. I've got, to, I've got to look them in the eye and get down on my knees. And when I'm wrestling with them, when I'm playing with them, when I'm, when I'm roughhousing with them, and I'll tell you what it does. Listen, church, it changes the relationship when I get down on their level. It changes how we interact. I'm now, I'm gettable. I'm wrestleable. I'm with them. Church, that's what God does in Jesus Christ. It's God getting down on our level. He's getting down. He's stepping into our mess. He's stepping into your mess with a messenger, as a message as only the messenger can. And you know what message he has for you today? The message he has is as a human being, somebody who's seen the messes and lived inside of those messes that we create for ourselves. Jesus Christ, he looks up at the cross and he sees those rusty nails that are going to be driven into his hands. And he can taste the irony blood as it runs down from the crown of thorns on his head into his mouth. And he can experience and look at the last gasp of breath that he is going to take before his death. He knows that it's coming. And he says, for you, it's worth it. Jesus sees your mess. He has a message for you that only he, the messenger, can bring. And he says, I love you to death and back again, to new life. That's the resurrection Easter message for you today. And listen, it changes everything. It changes your outlook. Listen to what it does in the message that's given in Acts chapter 13. Verse 28 now, continuing on. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. Verse 30. But... God raised him from the dead. And for many days, he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And they are now his 
witnesses to the people. I love that they, that they're now, we are now his witnesses. I love that because, well, because it has kind of like this legal connotation to it, doesn't it? That a witness doesn't have much of a choice as to whether or not they're going to testify when they're called upon. They are. We are. We're obliged to share our stories. We're obliged. It's our duty. It's our charge to share our resurrection stories, to share our, to share your, but God stories. Those powerful words. But God raised him from the dead and he's raising you as well. So I'd like to start off and share one of my, but God stories with you. I've had a few in my time now. I remember one of the first but God stories that I have is that I was listening to a message, kind of like a lot of you are right now. And I didn't even remember the particular words that the guy up front was saying. But I remember being captivated by every word because it wasn't just him that was speaking into my heart. I believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking into my life. And he was doing that. He was speaking into my heart in a way that only God could. And listen, friends, the, the waterworks started flowing. From that moment on, after God took a hold of Lord of my life, him in control and not me. Listen, the air tasted different from that day onward. It was a power of a but God story in my life. I was heading one way, but God interrupted, intervened and saved me and took me to another more beautiful direction than I could have ever imagined before. I can look at milestones in my life where God interrupted, God intervened. I was going this way, but God saved me from myself. You know, after college, I went to graduate school and three years, year round of that. There was nothing that my very kind and very patient wife wanted for me more than just a simple, steady paycheck. And I had the unenviable task of sharing with her I actually believe that God is asking us to start a new church in our living room. And I don't know where all of this is heading, but God does. And as you can see, God was telling an incredible story of interruption, intervention, taking us from one journey and putting us on a whole new path. And I'm so deeply, so profoundly grateful that God was telling a but God story in my life. And listen, church, there's no reason why today can't be that day for you. For you to share your but God story. I'd like to invite you to. I'd like to invite you to have a but God story for the first time. Church, I want to invite you right now to to message us. If these words are resonating with you, if you want to put God's story in your life, if you want a resurrection story, message us over Facebook. Send us an email at prayer at encounterchurch.org. Just share the simple words, I want my own, but God story in my life. And we will pray with you. We've got people at the ready. We've got people on standby because this is too important to wait. But God is just about to change your life. To change your life like it did for this one couple who just started worshiping with us a couple of months ago. And they decided to write in and to share their story with us. And I'd like to share part of it with you now. 
They write that today was me and my boyfriend's third service at Encounter. Each weekend has spoken directly to us and has ended with me in tears. Both he and I come from a similar background with church. We both felt judged, banished, and not secure in our faith. Today, we both made the decision and commitment to turn back toward God. It was a powerful and emotional morning. And I'm so glad that we got to do it together. After church, we decided to do a day trip to Lansing for the zoo. Listen, halfway into our trip, the driver's side window of the car decided to explode and shatter out of nowhere while we were going down the freeway. And as shaken up as we were, we managed to safely get off at the next exit, park, and process what had just happened. Acknowledging we were both safe and unharmed, covered in glass, instead of getting upset, we looked at it as the devil trying to come between us and our blessed day. So instead, we prayed together and are hopeful for getting it fixed. We didn't let it ruin our day. Instead, we rejoiced with the Lord and thanked him for having our back. Just thankful for finding such an amazing community that helps both he and I find our way back to where we belong. And she ends it with, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, thank you for sharing your but God story with your church family today. It's the power of God in your life, of resurrection hope, that no matter what comes at you this week or this month, whether it's a broken window of your car, a job loss, unemployment, a grave illness, or death itself, God is telling a resurrection story that all of it, he's going to turn into something beautiful. All of it, he is going to bring life out of and joy and dancing out of. Listen, when this but God story happens, the devil loses his power and his reign over you. There's nothing that can come between you and God. There's nothing that can take your joy away. Do you, don't you want that? If you want God in your life, email us now. Message us now. I want my but God story to start today. In just a moment, I'm going to offer up a prayer. And if you find yourself repeating the words back to me, I'd like to invite you to share that message, to send us a note that just says, I want my but God story to start today. If you find yourself resonating with it, like I did so many years ago, just having the peace of God come into my life. But before I do, I've got another incredible but God story of what he's up to. You see, what we've experienced as the church together in the last few weeks is probably the greatest mass closing of Christian churches in the 21st century. These are uncertain and peculiar times. And we've said around here at Encounter Church that, that we're in the middle of the greatest communication shift in the last 500 years since the invention of the printing press the internet is changing and transforming everything. And we've paid that lip service for a long time. But honestly, what we've done with this great tool at our disposal is to print off cat gifs and Tiger King memes over and over. And don't get me wrong, it's fun. 
But God has something in store that's so much greater than that. But God is telling a resurrection story where people gather on Easter morning for worship as one body, as one community, as one church. Thousands of us gathered from Florida to Arizona, from Kalamazoo to Canada, from Holland, Michigan to Holland in Northern Europe. He is taking over this world and staking his claim. He is telling a resurrection story. Don't you want to be found in him on that day? That he is telling a but God story in this world and in your life. Let's pray together this morning. Close our eyes, bow our heads. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. And if you find yourself with these words resonating, like I said before, tell us. Send us an email. Prayer at EncounterChurch.org. Send us a message. These words turning our life over to him. And we simply pray together. Dear God, I trust you. I trust you as the Savior for my sins. I trust you as the Lord of my life. Take my life. It's yours. Amen. Amen. And as you pray that prayer together, we want to remember what he did today in conquering death. One more time, dear Jesus, thank you so much for conquering death. Dear God, thank you for what you're up to in this world. God, thank you for telling a story of hope, of resurrection, and of new life. God, I want to pray specifically a prayer over everybody who is impacted by this message, who prayed that prayer, and whose lives were changed as a result, whose eternities were changed as a result. God, you are changing lives, breaking into history, and changing futures. Thank you for giving us your purpose and your hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's worship everybody right now. Let's worship together with everybody right now who just turned their lives over to Christ today. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Resurrection Day. Let's keep on worshiping together.